0: When you read Peter Mayle's books, or when you admire the paintings Vincent Van Gogh created there, it's hard to resist the impulse to plan a trip to Provence. Blue skies, stone houses, and bridges, warm expansive fields of lavender and sunflowers, and a soundtrack of chirping cicadas are all part of the scenery that makes Provence so appealing as the quintessence of the French countryside. Let's explore the south of France right now with French guides Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal, and your calls at eight seven seven. Patrick and Virginie, thanks for joining us. Bonjour. Bonjour. What is it about Provence that people think is so quintessentially French? How would you characterize Provence, Uh, Virginie?
1: Being from the north of France, I can say that on several aspects, Provence is different. The food, the climate, the land, the soil itself, the houses, the customs, colors, and all of the heritage sites olive oil for the food. Mm-hmm. The sunshine, obviously, is linked to to the food we have and the tiles that we use for the houses. And the people live outside, and that's also linked to the weather. So,
0: so there's like a continental divide culturally and with lifestyles in Europe, and it goes right through France, doesn't it? Exactly. The north of France would be more like the north of Europe, and of course, the south of France has got that Mediterranean quality. Patrick, you know, we have this clichetic image of Provence made so famous by Peter Mayle in his wildly popular book, A Year in Provence. As a French person, what's your take on the image that Americans take away with that book, and will they find that when they go to Provence?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's very the um, the stories about what's uh, what's happening there are pretty close to what's going on here. But I, f- I find it even more interesting because Peter Mel is not only telling you it's a marvelous country in summer, come come and spend your holidays there. It's also telling you be careful, winter are, are tough and it's not that easy to live there. And that's f- I think that I think that very very important. Talks about the wind. This yeah, mistral talk about wind. tell about the wind. The wind, this mistral wind, is the wind coming from the northern part of the Alps and which is kind of funneled down when he goes along the uh, the Rhone Valley. Getting speed does. He get squeezed between the Alps and the Massive ah, Central on the So there's side? like a
0: big geological funnel, and Absolutely. the wind comes mm-hmm. barreling through there. And Peter Mayle wrote famously, it's so brisk and, and bold, it can blow the ears off a donkey. And when you go around, you see, you see stones on the tiles, roofs of the homes, just to keep the stones there. Yeah, it's a very, very,
2: very big influence to the style of life of people. I mean, you've got to do your houses according to that. You've got to orient your places. You live according to that. I've got a lot of friends living in the south of France and in Provence and when you call them in the summer you are in the north you say oh the weather here is not very good and they tell you oh it's all sunny and nice and you hear at the back this wind (laughs) (laughs)
1: doing
2: the thing you can't go out it's too strong it's too cold but it's blue sky that's nice blue sky the the clouds can't survive with all that wind I don't think so Provence is a it's an extreme place. For, for yeah. the rest of the climate of France,
0: it's a very extreme place. It's very, very hot in summer. What's the wind called that comes off of the Alps? The Mistral. Mistral, oh, okay. Tell us where Provence is and, and what are the big cities in Provence, uh, Virginie?
1: Southeastern France. Southeastern, South-eastern okay. France. And the big cities we have in Provence, the biggest would be Marseille, which is on the coast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, along the, the Rhône, we would have Arles, mm-hmm. Avignon. Those are two uh, bases that you could mm-hmm. use if you're traveling there.
0: And Aix-en-Provence, Aix-en-Provence. is a, a beautiful destination also. When we travel around France, uh, of course, people are tuned into fine food. What are some of the key points of the cuisine we want to be sure to enjoy while we're in Provence?
1: Cooking with olive oil is the main thing. That's the, the diet of southern France. That's why they're healthier, mm-hmm. I guess. Hmm. And lots of veggies. They have so much sunshine that the veggies and the fruits are just in every dish. Ratatouille. Mm-hmm which is the typical dish you could have in Provence, is made with tomatoes, garlic, onions, eggplants.
0: Right. Now, Patrick, when you're traveling anywhere in France, you will see on the menu à la Provençale, right? What does that mean?
2: À la Provençale, you're going uh, to have herbs, herbs from Provence. You could have olives.
0: Uh, you'll have a bit of garlic as well and uh, more Mediterranean style. Nice. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and we are immersing ourselves in a beautiful corner of France with two great guides, Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal. Virginie, if you're both guides and you take groups of Americans around France, uh, if you had uh, the luxury of having one week with your group in Provence, how would you spend it very briefly, Virginie?
1: I would base myself in Arles or Avignon. Arles
0: or Avignon. A-R-L-E-S or Avignon, okay. And I would
1: definitely make a point of going to the different uh, Roman ruins that we have because they're in better shape than what you can see in Italy.
0: They say the best Roman ruins are in southern France, Mm -hmm. Uh, specifically the uh, Pont du Gard, the, the great aqueduct. 30 miles long, that that brought water into the Roman city of Nîmes.
1: And it's been there for 2,000 years. Incredible. Still standing. Amazing moments. Formidable. Formidable.
0: Is that the word in French? Formidable. Formidable.
1: And also, if you're staying in Arles, you do have the amphitheater, which is really well preserved.
0: Great Roman sites in the city of Arles. In fact, that's why I like to, there's a lot of reasons, but it's an interesting debate, where do you make your home base? Because there's good public transportation, easy to drive. You could stay in Avignon, or you could stay in Arles. Personally, I would stay in Arles. I just think it's got a very charming uh, downtown, and it's got these incredible Roman ruins right in front of you. The, the theater is still being used, isn't it?
1: The theater is being used, so you get life. And when you're in Arles, you're not just seeing the ruins, mm-hmm. you actually have the life of the city, and it's a great so you're, city.
0: You're making your home base in Arles or Avignon, and you'll see the Roman ruins. What would another dimension of Provence to be sure to see in your week? Patrick? You could follow the steps
2: of Peter Merle and do a little bit of the Luberon that's a place where you would need a car because you can't go by public transportation. This is Luberon L U B E R O N. Absolutely. Okay, that's, that's how it's spelled. What would be the
0: best town to see in the Luberon?
2: Well, one of my favorite ones is Roussillon, which is a little hill town and which is perched on uh, on a cliff which is made of ochre, which is a kind of a reddish sandy uh, lime which gives an amazing color to the town and
0: which makes it uh, very very different from many other one around. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Provence with Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and Richard's calling us from Rochester in New York. Richard, thanks for your call. Hey, hello. Uh, we traveled to Provence last spring and uh, did the coast, and then we stayed in Reming. One of the other trips I, I figured out is there's a local, I call it their Walmart, their Carrefour, and uh, that's a great place to buy the inexpensive picnics for cheeses and uh, wine. So let's talk about that just for a minute, because this is interesting. The French Walmart Carrefour. Can you talk about that, Virginie?
1: We actually invented the concept of the big supermarket like this. Yes, the French did. So
0: Supermarché. You even Supermarché. have a hypermarché.
1: hypermarché.
0: Hypermarché. There you go. One better.
1: So we do have the small markets and we do have the small bakeries and uh, delis and things like this. But we did invent the Carrefour and you find everything there, which I believe for tourists, it's very convenient. But it's far away from the dream that you have of the French going shopping every day.
0: Yeah, that's true, because you have to make that choice. And I'm sure Richard balanced this. You could, uh, you know, deal with the colorful markets or you could just pull your car into the big giant Walmart of France and do your shopping in a one stop, quick, efficient way, like a lot of us do in a big box store. The market town in I think it's AIX. X. We did the market day there, so that was a good contrast for the uh, for the large uh, big box store. Patrick, if you go to the great market, I think it's you have to be in the city in the right day, don't you? And that's the market is really just bustling, and you've got different dimensions. What cultural insights can we learn from our visits to the markets in these great cities? Well first
2: of all, yes, the the market is once a week. Some sometime twice a week. In, okay. in Arles, for instance, it's Saturday and Wednesday. But it is worth planning for because it is it's such worth a planning a around festival. that, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The the largest one in Provence is in the little town of Carpentras. C-A-R-P-E-N-T-R-A-S. It's a bit north of Avignon. Okay. And it's the it's the largest one and it's very untouristy. It's, Ent- right. uh, it's it's very, very interesting. Uh, but I mean, the idea about the market for us is is about it's about local food. It's mm-hmm. getting to taste the olives and and get some herbs to put on your cheese when you eat
0: your cheese later on, and and, and so on. there you go. Richard, thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Sue's on the line in Girdwood, Alaska. Sue, thanks for calling in. Thank you. I'm planning a trip to Provence, and I'd like to come at a time when I can see the lavender but not so late in July that I get
1: stuck with the huge crowds. What's mm. the best time to come?
0: You know, that is such a good question. I have seen the lavender in the markets because you can see lavender in baskets in the markets, but to see those beautiful fields like you see on the postcards with all that gorgeous purple lavender. Virginine and Patrick, what's the best tip to see the, the lavender?
1: May and June, depending obviously of uh, how the winter was, and you'll have fields of yeah, purple fields everywhere.
2: Uh, The thing is that when you're in Provence and you want to see some field, you very often have to get a little bit out of the beaten track. So you need a car. Uh, Mm -hmm. By public transportation, you you won't see much of that. And uh, there's a couple of places where you've got churches surrounded by lavenders and and some very, very nice pictures to be
0: taken. But you've got to dig a little bit and and look for it. Sunflowers, too. It's a beautiful Mm. postcard image. Sunflowers is very nice. It's a bit later.
2: It comes a bit later. Okay, uh, so if
0: you miss the lavender, you can get the sunflowers. Absolutely. Van Gogh must have been there a little later, because I've seen more Van Gogh paintings of sunflowers than lavender. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Van Gogh spent his last years in Provence, and uh, interestingly enough, we don't see a lot of Van Gogh original paintings in Provence, but you do have the evocative places that inspired Van Gogh. Are there any ideas on us uh, Van Gogh fans, how we can factor that into our sightseeing in Provence?
1: Well, if you base yourself in Arles, you can uh, walk in the steps of Van Gogh and uh, they have easels everywhere in the city. Mm -hmm. So you actually don't see the real painting, but you see where he got his inspiration.
0: So you can see there's these panels, these metal Mm -hmm. panels where you've got a, a copy of the Van Gogh canvas right there with where he set up his easel. And exactly. you can see what he was looking at and how it's changed in the last 100 uh, and some years.
2: And if you go to the tourism office, you can have, uh, ask for a little brochure which uh, takes you in the path of Van Gogh and they, they show you where they are and, uh, and tells you everywhere you got to go.
0: There you go. Thanks for calling, Sue. Happy travels. Thank you. Bye-bye. Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal are tempting us to plan a trip to Provence right now in the south of France on Travel with Rick Steves. We're at 877 Melissa's calling in from Davenport, Iowa. Melissa, thanks for your call. Thank you. Got a comment or a question for our guides? Yeah, I have a question. Um, planning a trip toward the end of September in uh, Paris and Provence for at least a week in Provence, and it's been a long time since I've been there. I've got some main cities that I want to hit, and I know that the trains are good, but I'm thinking, what advantages... Are there to actually renting the car, and like what would I be missing out on just using the trains? And if I do get the car, do I need to be worried about parking, paying for parking, those kinds of inconveniences? Well, first off, the the major cities of the Provence area are so easy by train: Arles, Aix-en-Provence, Avignon, Marseille. If you're going to do a city a trip, just lacing together those big cities, which is fine, train is the best thing. But if you want to really delve into the countryside, I would imagine you'd be thankful to have a car. Uh, and then when it comes to having a car, Virginie and Patrick, what would be some uh, precautionary notes and some tips so we get the more, more joy out of our rental car? But first of all, maybe the idea would be to uh, to
2: organize your time as, uh, as doing the, the city parts for a while and taking the train and then, then focusing for two or three days doing the, the, the sites you can't reach uh, without a car. Now, if you do that, I mean, that would uh, that would make you drive mainly in the countryside, uh, which, apart from narrow roads where you've got to be, I mean, you don't find that kind of narrow roads in the states, so you've got to be careful about uh, when you pass another car and and all of that. Apart from that. Parking in a lot of places is free. uh, It's very well explained. It it shouldn't be too much of a problem. You don't have to take the motorway and play with the toll and things like that. And travel
0: with a cell phone so you can call your hotel and get advice for them on how to get into the center and where to leave your car if you have a reservation with that hotel because that can be very helpful when it's stressful coming into a new city. Hey, Melissa, thanks for your call. Thank you so much. There is so much to talk about when it comes to Provence. We're joined by Virginie Moret and Patrick Vidal. And one thing we've yet to talk about is the Comargue. This is where the Rhone River Valley has the big, wide delta and all sorts of interesting culture and natural flora and fauna. Virginie, what about the Comargue?
1: Well, if you base yourself in Arles, you just uh, rent a car, and you're going to be in one, I believe, the second biggest delta in Europe, and you're going to see lots of wildlife. You're going to see how they have uh, rice fields over there. And uh, this is the place in France where you can see wild flamingos. And there's also some wild human culture down there, too. Yes, the the gypsy culture, and especially the town of uh, Sainte-Marie-de-la-Mer.
0: So what would you likely to be see if you came down there at the right time?
1: The right time, which is uh, in the end of May, you would see uh, all of the gypsy coming for their celebration, Mm. where they celebrate the Sainte-Marie, and they have processions in town. Well, they take the, the Virgin from the church, mm-hmm. a very different church that they have in Sainte-Marie-de-la-Mer, and they take it uh, around town.
0: If you know the United States and you've been to the Mississippi Delta, there's such a wonderful mix of nature and culture there. you got a similar thing going on in the Delta of the Rhone River.
1: And uh, the other culture that we have, uh, the bull culture. They have lots of bulls that are raised in the Camargue.
0: Now, thinking about bulls in France... Patrick, they actually have a unique French bullfight that we can see in the ancient Roman arena in Arles. In fact,
2: it's a mixture between the old Spanish way and, and the French way. They, we still have the Spanish way. We still have the the real bullfights where, where the where the, uh, bull dies. the bull dies. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, How we, we make the difference is on the posters you can see outside of the bullfight arena. If it's a fight with the name of the men... Yeah. playing on the, on the thing. It's going to be one of those Spanish type when the bull is killed at the end. But what I love is the French type. where The just... second part yeah. is, the, is the idea is it's not with bulls. It's with cows, with very, uh, very lean and sporty cows. Running around quite a lot, and but they've got big sharp horns. Yeah, they got big sharp I horns. Mean, these are, as far
0: as I'm concerned, that's one big bull coming at me. Yeah, you yeah, call him a cow if you that's, want, that's, but I'm running. They're fast. <laughs> You're running. That's a clever one.
2: You need to. <laughs> you need to run. The idea is we're gonna use the same arenas, and we're gonna get one of those cow out, and depending on the on the region you are on, uh, one of the region is playing more. Like Camargue is playing more on catching from the horn of the cow. A little a little bracelet thing that a little flower thing which is on the horn so you got to catch it and avoid the horn of the cow. So
0: these daredevil young young mostly boys will be mm-hmm. out in the arena with these crazy cows and there's a little ribbon tied to the horns. Yes. Remember on this one on the posters, the name are uh, the name
2: of the cows. Because those cows become They're as famous, more famous than the players themselves.
0: Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. God, there's so many dimensions to Provence. And one of the big memories for me, we talked about the Roman heritage of Provence. Everybody goes to see this towering, just dramatic aqueduct, this big Roman brick aqueduct that goes 30 miles to carry water into Nîmes. One of the highlights for me is actually turning it into a natural experience in canoeing or kayaking under the aqueduct. Patrick, talk about that.
2: But, uh, the canoeing on this little river is uh, eventless. It's not too bad. It's not too much water. In fact, the, the place is called Le Pont du Gar, which translates in French as the bridge over the gard River. Mm. It's not a bridge, and it's not the gard River. Otherwise, the name is pretty accurate. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not a bridge. It's an aqueduct. Uh, it's carrying the water. It's right. not, it was not built as a bridge. Yeah. And the name of the river is not the Gare. It's the Gardon. That's, okay. a, that's a different name. That's the, the name, of the guard. the name is the name of the region. And have, have you actually canoed or kayaked? Then? I've canoed from the village before down to the uh, Pont du Gard itself. Uh-huh. And the, the ride itself on the river, it's not that impressive. It's a very nice scenery, but okay, yeah. that, that's the end of the story. And then you turn a corner hmm. and you get in front of those three layer of arches bridge, which is enormous. Yes. And it's, it's a mind-blowing experience. You walk underneath there. And it seems to be huge,
0: oh. gigantic. I mean, it, it's it's enormous. It's it's very, very impressive. And in your little kayak, you must feel so small, and you must have be filled with wonder at the Romans who could have built that. It's nearly been there for two
2: 2,000 years. Mm,
0: it's, it's incroyable. Incroyable. Formidable. <laughs> I love to pick up my few little French words. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Patrick Vidal and Virginie Moret about the wonders of Provence, Patrick and Virginie, let's just finish that. You know, we Americans dream about this year in Provence thing where we pick up a little house and a fixer up and, and embrace the village life. If you were to retire in Provence, as so many people dream of, where would you retire and what would your home be like in a utopian golden years in your life? Virginie?
1: It would be a small house in the hills of the Luberon where the house doesn't have to be big, but I like to have a, the best view ever over vineyards and have a terrasse, a deck where I could just sit all year long, even in the winter, and enjoy a glass of rosé mm. and eat bread, baguette, fresh baguette with tapenade whenever I want.
0: A refreshing local rosé. I'll be there, I hope. Can I okay. come? Yes, you can. All You're right. invited. Thank you. Patrick, what is your dream retirement?
2: I would move a little bit further south from that. I would go to the coast. I'm, uh, I live in Brittany. I love the sea. And uh, I would move down to the coast. And a town like Bondol or Cassis would be, for me, the perfect setting. I would have to save a little bit of money for that because it's mm. not very cheap down there. But uh, but I'd love to be able to be close to the sea and the coast is superb, you know. But the, mm. the, those calanques, those little uh, fjords between Marseille and Cassis, that would be my my spot. And if you couldn't
0: afford a house in Bandol, you could afford some Bandol wine. You've got to start somewhere. I love the Bandol <laughs> wine. B A N D O L. B A N D O L. Yes. Patrick Vidal, Virginie Moret. Thank you so much for a little insight into a beautiful corner of France. Pro thank part. you, Rick. Au revoir.
1: Au revoir. Rick Steves
0: teaches smart travel to France and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Paris' top sites, a monthly travel newsletter, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next French adventure, begin your trip at ricksteves.com.